This is Chad Harrison, and you're listening to Hope Alive, applying God's word to your daily life. Hi, this is Chad Harrison, and I am the teaching pastor of Lake Community Church and have been serving as a pastor for 25 years. I'm also a practicing attorney. This podcast is designed to help you study God's word and find God's will for your life. I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know his will, that you might glorify him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day, especially today in Jesus' name. Morning. Welcome to Lake Community Church's morning Bible study. We are in Exodus chapter 2. I keep wanting to go back to Genesis each morning. That being said, we're at the end of Exodus chapter 2, and we're dealing with this story where Pharaoh tells the midwives to kill the the Israelite children, kill the boys right when they're born. And uh, this is such a prescient, such a timely topic for us to be dealing with on Facebook as a morning Bible study. It is also, uh, for those of you who be listening long after this Bible study was done, it'll also be a important one for you to understand that in the context of our time and our season, the time that we're in right now, that um, we've just found out that likely the Supreme Court of the United States is going to do something to alter or change Roe v. Wade. And what's so crazy is that yesterday we dealt with this, and yesterday was the day that the story broke in the sense that one of the 36 uh, clerks of the court released this story to the media. Now, you say, what is the, what is important about that? Number one, they're attorneys, and number two, they usually are attorneys from one of these elite Ivy League law schools, and they they are indoctrinated, and in fact, I'm quite, quite sure that it's very difficult to get through one of those Ivy League law schools and not be an absolute leftist. And when I say leftist, I'm talking about a Marxist leftist. I'm talking about godlessness. And uh, I'm talking about the understanding, having been taught all those things. And I say that as an Ivy Leaguer myself. So I understand how indoctrination and how left and how Marxist and how godless our key institutions have become. And I don't mind saying that because I see it each and every day. I continue to get mail and get information uh, from my, my alma mater, Princeton. And I see the godlessness that exists in the leadership and the absolute disdain it, they have for anything that is traditional, anything that is that is from God, anything that is scriptural, anything really that is holy. And I think this is a fabulous time to look and see what God has to say about this. And it's come up just came up yesterday. And then today we're going to deal with it also. The idea of taking innocent human life or even making making something so that that is even a possibility is repugnant to God. It is absolutely repugnant to God for people to consider the shedding of innocent blood or the taking of innocent life and the killing of children, both in the womb and outside the womb. And the farther we get into science, we realize 
that there is only one point in time in which we can say that a person begins to be a person. That time has to be the time when they have all of what is required in order to be a individual, unique human being. And that happens not at birth. That doesn't happen in the first year of life. That doesn't happen in the third trimester. It doesn't happen in the second trimester or the first trimester. As subsequent rulings to Roe v. Wade tried to alienate those out, it doesn't happen then. It happens at conception. At conception, you are a unique human being. You are a unique person. And all of the genetic material, you have all of what is required for you to develop into a mature adult human being. Now, does everyone do all embryo develop into mature human beings? No, they don't. Do all children survive their childhood into adulthood? No, that doesn't happen. But that doesn't mean that what is required in order to be a unique human being doesn't exist at conception. And the taking of that life, that unique life, in order to do that, there has to be a high standard, a high bar that is met in order to say that it would be okay in any moral way to take human life. And let me say this, <clears throat> morality has to come from somewhere. There has to be a moral code. There has to be something in, in the most liberal and leftist student at one of these universities or law school graduates at one of these Ivy League universities would never say that there isn't a moral, that there isn't morality. So the question is, where does morality come from? Now, if morality comes from us individual, then that, that means that it's not objective morality, meaning that there is a standard. That means it's subjective. And so whatever my morality is, is going to determine how I live my life. And the person who is the strongest and able to control the most people, his morality is going to uh, control how people live their lives. And so if that moral code is totally corrupt in that individual strong man's life, then the whole society is going to be corrupt. And we've seen that. We've seen that. I know everybody goes back to Adolf Hitler. He's definitely one of them, but he's just one in a long line of many going all the way back to Nimrod. And, and what he was known for was he was a hunter. He was a great hunter. And that word hunter means to hunt men. He was a, what he was a, what he was a murderous authoritarian, authoritarian dictator. And uh, his code, how he lived his life, his moral code, his moral compass was based off of his subjective understanding of what truth is and what goodness is and what holiness is. And he lived the way he wanted to live and his people suffered under that. And so understanding that there has to be a source of morality. And in fact, the understanding that there has to be a source of morality is one of the great arguments for the existence of God. There is good and right, and that good and right does not emanate from human beings. It has to come from something higher than human beings. 
And when we deal with those things, and when we look at this idea, we have to consider where does this morality come from and how are we going to live our lives and how are we going to make our decisions? I'm not going to make it subjectively based off of my desires, and I'm not going to make it subjectively off of the desires of any individual who may be in power or in office above me. There is what is right and what is wrong. And what is right comes from God, and it is his character and his nature. And so when Pharaoh told these midwives to kill the first, kill the male children so that he could blunt the strength and the might of the children of Israel, at the beginning, what did these midwives do? In verse 17, it says, but the midwives feared God. I love that, don't you? The midwives feared God. I found in my years of serving and pastoring and dealing with things, you will find that a lot of moral strength in a church emanates from the women. In fact, I would say to you, a majority of the moral strength in a church emanates from the women. Men oftentimes are fearful, but women are fearful of God. And I love, if you go throughout history, most of the great changes, the good changes in society and in history emanated from a moral understanding that came from, at the core, the women folk. And, and God made them male and female, and I praise God he did make the females. Because oftentimes, as I've taken a stand on things and said, this is the way we're going to do it, the people who've stood behind me the most have been the women. When we said, we're going we're gonna to be this and do this because this is what, this is clearly the will of God, the women have been the ones who've said, yeah, we are. And sometimes in, in decades past, They've grabbed their husbands by the nose and dragged them to do what God has told them to do. These were midwives. And by the way, these midwives didn't have husbands. They were women who didn't have husbands who loved the babies and wanted to have babies. And they took this opportunity to be around children and they cared about children. And so they, they were all into the baby birthing process. And if you've ever seen a woman around a baby, it's a lot like, it's a lot like drug addict and crack cocaine that you just, it's almost dangerous, especially if you have a wife of childbearing age to have her around babies, it just gets infectious. And these midwives, they they cared about these babies. They understood that they were individual, unique human lives. They understood the value of these babies. And one of the things that has caused a shift in our society ourselves toward a stance of being against abortion is because we've got this new technology, this new 3D technology, so that when they do an ultrasound, now you don't have these blurry black and white images uh, of what looks to be like a baby. Now, they, when they do those ultrasounds, you can look and you see the baby moving. You can see facial expressions coming on and off the baby's face. And women who may, maybe are not all that knowledgeable about biology, not all that knowledgeable about genetics, all that knowledgeable about what is actually going on in the womb, uh, when they see that baby and they see that baby's face and they see the unique personality of that baby in the womb, even 15, 16, 20 weeks, when they see that, they realize that is a human being. That's a person. That's a baby. 
And when they see that, they say, who can kill that? Why, why would we ever want to kill that? And that's a great question. And God would say, we wouldn't want to do that. And so it says, but the midwives feared God and did not do as the king of Egypt had commanded them. And see, there was a higher law that they lived by. And we'll talk about this a little bit tomorrow because I think it's very important that you get this. But there's a higher law. And when the lower laws are in conflict with the higher law, we always walk in the higher law. We always choose what is best above what may be being used by the enemy to destroy with the, obviously, it would have been best for the midwives to do what the government asked them to do in the sense of usually the government's doing what's best. And so I want to follow that law. But if I am across the street from you and you're having a heart attack, I'm not going to run all the way down to the corner so I can cross at a crosswalk to help you out. I'm going to run across the street and jaywalk in order to get to you. Why? Is it against the law to walk across the middle of the road and not in a crosswalk? A lot of times, a lot of places it is. Is, it, is there a higher law at work? When you're having a heart attack, heart attack across the street, sure there is. And that higher law is the law of love. And I'm going to, I'm going to place the law in its proper hierarchy and understand that if I'm going to live a righteous, holy life, a life of faith, I need to care about my neighbor more than I care about crossing the road and breaking, breaking a minor law in the process. And so we understand that these midwives said, I don't care if even Pharaoh himself says to kill these babies, I'm not killing those babies. And they they feared God and they did not do as the king of Egypt commanded them, but they saved the male children's lives. And I want you to see that standard still stands there. That's an important principle that's at work there. We We need to make sure that we're in line with objective moral truth. And one of the objective moral truths that we understand that not only in our own lives we need to live by, which is love those who God loves. And who does God love? He loves all the people of the world. In fact, he loves his creation himself. And the taking of innocent life is wrong. And so we're, we're going to stand against that. We're going to do what we, what we understand to be right. And that's what's happening here. He said, they said, we're not going to follow what Pharaoh says. We're going to do, we're going to do what is absolutely correct because there is objective moral truth. And, and quite clearly, and from this moment on in scripture, you're going to see that used over and over again, where God says that he, we are to protect the innocent. And, and that is a truth that's, that's throughout scripture and it comports with, it's a, it comes into to portion with the understanding that that the New Testament teaches to love your neighbor as yourself, and obviously I don't want my life taken, and I want God to to I want God to bless me, and one of the ways I know I'm going to bless me is I live by His moral compass, by His moral code, and so He says, but the midwives feared God and did not do as the king of Egypt commanded them, but saved the male children alive. So the king of Egypt called for the midwives and said to them, why have you done this thing and saved the male children alive? He said, why have you not done what I said? Why have you lived by an objective moral truth? Because we're to live by those objective moral truths. And the midwife said to Pharaoh, notice, because the Hebrew women are not like the Egyptian women, 
And let me tell you, God's people aren't, that's for sure. But for they are lively and give birth before the midwives come to them. But he's, what they said was, is let me say, let me tell you, the God, they're not going to let us come in there and kill those children. If you think that's going to happen, that's not going to happen. And, and by the way, that's just an excuse for why it's not happening, why we're not going to do it. And we'll talk about this a little bit tomorrow, but that moral understanding and that moral compass and walking in that moral compass is important. And we as God's people need to make those stands. I know the hierarchy of intersectionality, and if you want to know what that is, you need to look that up. But those who supposedly are the most abused, those who are the most neglected, those who are the most not cared for in our society, they take the highest position of intersectionality. And so we we form and make our laws, if you are a Marxist, we you form and make your laws based off of the hierarchy. And so if you're of a certain group, you're higher than the other group. It's really It really goes back to ultimate tribalism, and it's tribalism upside down in that you take the, the those who are the most marginal as far as morality, the most marginal as far as their positions in society, and you place them in the highest position. And that's just, I can't even, the time it would take for me to explain to you intersectionality and the foolishness that it is. Uh, I don't have in this Bible study, but I can tell you this, that that in our modern time is the great is the and let me say this it is the greatest horror it is the greatest injustice in our nation's history and that's saying a lot because slavery was a great injustice in our world's history in our national history but the truth is that we at no point in time brought in over 50 million slaves into this country. That's the number of slaves that were brought into this country is fractional compared to the number of babies that we've killed. And not only that, and you say those are two totally different things. Let me say this, the over 50 million babies that have been killed in this country, 40% of them have been African-American, which is 20 million African-American babies have been killed in this country. And that is that number dwarfs the number of slaves that were brought into this country. And so the truth is that the moral code that we live by and that we walk by should be to love our neighbor as ourselves. And we fought a great war and lost the most number of lives we've lost in a war in order to end slavery. And abortion is a far, far greater horror than slavery is and even the type of slavery which we had which was the most horrific type of slavery it is a horror compared to slavery abortion is and i'll say it over and over again i don't care who it offends or who gets upset about it It is a moral evil and a complete corruption of our society and god's people cannot stand for it cannot stand and in any way back anybody who is for it. It is the great moral evil of our age. And we need to we need to be a people who speak up, speak out, and be who we're supposed to be in the world we live in. And that's what I'm going to do. If you ask me, I'm going to I'm going to tell you that every time. And that's who we've got to be. May God bless you and keep you. 
May he make his face to shine upon you. May he give you hope and peace as you go today. In Jesus' name, amen. As you go today, I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you, that he'll make his face to shine upon you, and that he will give you hope and peace today in Jesus' name.